This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Imma. I live in Scotland. Hi, I'm Jen and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki and I live in Paris. Hey, I'm Rod. I'm from Peru. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, I'm Jen. Hi, I'm Rod. Today we're talking about animals on the edge of extinction. I love animals. How about you? Who doesn't, right? <laughs> oh, this is a sad topic. It is sad, kind of, because we can also turn it around, I would say. Yeah, we can do something about it. That's, yeah. the, that's the hopeful part. <laughs> that, that's, that's, a, that's a good part about it. Um, <laughs> so what are, what are your thoughts about all, all these Animals on the edge of extinction. My thoughts are that the greatest threat to these animals, and there are different lists with different animals that are endangered. And some of these animals I'd never even heard of before because they're in one place. But my thought is that um, human beings are the greatest threat. And it's to do with habitat destruction. It's to do with poaching. And it's to do with the effects of climate change. And so that's on our topic of of carbon um, and things that we can do to help the animals. Did you notice that there were more birds singing when we were all locked down in COVID? Yeah, that's one of the things. There was silence for for starters, so you could listen to things. (laughs) Yeah, but I heard that some of the bird populations actually increased because there was less... um, traffic and pollution uh, going on. Yeah. Not only that, I believe the patterns of migration also went back, like it went back out. Um, fishes, like the sea population also got, got some, some stuff over there. And, oh, those were two months that were of beauty without noise, right? <laughs> the, the silver lining to the, the, the hard, hard pandemic. Absolutely. Yeah. What did you discover about endangered animals or animals on the edge of extinction? Well, my take on animals on the edge of extinction, it's more like it's all of us from humans, taking humans in also. Because at the pace that we're doing things, if things keep going slowly, like so slowly and incrementally, by the time we're all done, nothing's going to be lasting. So we're a threat to ourselves at some, mm. like somehow. Um, as you were saying, like a bit ago, it goes on how we move and spread. You know, cities are so going bigger and going into different environments. Hello, COVID, because of this somehow, um, or just going into mm-hmm. I can't remember where it was like it's pretty common in, in India. I think like I, I've seen that cities are growing so big that they go into tiger or elephant um, areas, right? I know that in Latin America, you have poachers also, but not poachers of exotic animals, but of the, I I can't remember what's the word for, you have a fish population and you're not allowed to 
to fish them. Right. It's restricted. Yeah, it's restricted. So like they, they go and jump on those restrictions. And even though in natural reservations like in Ecuador, Peru, Chile, and Colombia, right? Or just off the 200 miles that has every country of the waters. And then you have these huge ships that are just um, taking all these types with huge nets and it doesn't matter what goes in or not, right? So that definitely has an impact on the population increase or decrease in this case. It does. I, I uh, One of the things that um, my son bought for me for Christmas a few years ago, which is something that everyone can do, is, um, well, he said, I bought you an elephant, Mom. <laughs> and what he did was he bought me a year-long um, year support of an sponsorship, thank you, of an elephant in a wildlife reserve that is for preserving animals that have, um, you know, this little elephant had lost its mom because its mom had been poached for, uh, I guess, tusks, parts, I don't know. But the mom had been killed and this little baby elephant was taken into a wildlife reserve and people around the world can, can buy a sponsorship of these animals and, you know, help to feed and look after um, these species and and that was something that he did for me and I thought that was beautiful because I don't need any more stuff <laughs> and uh, and it was I just thought that was a, a beautiful gift uh, for the little elephant and for the planet yeah. as well as for me so that's something yeah. that is is something that people can do um, we live not too far away from a um, a farm sanctuary where animals that are rescued. Um, sometimes they're mistreated, sometimes they're from factory farming, sometimes they're from, you know, found lost. And, uh, and so this farm sanctuary is a place that we can support animals. They're, they're not necessarily animals that are going to be extinct, but they're still animals that have, um, have some need for some care. (laughs) Yeah. So the yeah, extinct, I, the extinction one is sad, you know? Yeah. I find it very interesting. The, this takes a sponsorship of animals because this has a huge impact for them. And what are we doing besides just this really great goodwill of trying to save them or what are our politics regards that, um, moving towards or like uh, uh, the point that I'm trying to make is. Are we being aware of how we can, as citizens and humans, impact those policies as communities, right? Um, I think that's important. Um, you know, the sea, sea level rise and the climate change has a huge impact on some of the ocean creatures. You know, sea turtles, there's a couple of species of sea turtles that are critically endangered. They're on the red list. Yeah. Um, and, and they're very, very vulnerable. And part of it is that they are being hunted. Uh, poachers are hunting them. So can there be stronger fines and stronger punishments <laughs> or deterrence for that kind of uh, activity? Yeah. Um, is you know anything we do towards reducing carbon 
helps with climate change and helps with stopping that temperature rise. So even little things that feel like they're a drop in the ocean, if we all did them, yeah, it might help. Yeah, just but made just reminded me of this one disaster that just happened in Peru a few months ago. There was this ship with oil, and there was some problem over there. There was oil spilled into the ocean, right? And besides the not so endangered species that were there, there were only about I think eight or twelve others. The last ones in Peru that were living out the ocean, they died because of, of this pillage. So the response though, from the policies, either from the country or, or the authorities into reviewing this were very laxative. So this is why I was as asking, are we aware of what are we doing as societies or like individuals? I'm pretty sure that enough of us getting more involved into this has some greater impact, not from the idealistic point of view, but from something more actionable and realistic. Do you agree? Yeah, I think we can sign petitions, we can write letters, we can lobby organizations, we can do what we can in our own personal habits to help with all of that, anything and everything that we can do. But I think you're right. There are some definite actions that we can take. So that's our invitation for today is figure out what you're passionate about and take one step today. Only one. <laughs> Only one. You can take another one tomorrow. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Imma. Hey, I'm Rod, and welcome to Carolyn Daily. Rod, I want to ask you something about trees. Did you see this video? Um, Suzanne Simar uh, talking in TED about how trees communicate with each other? It was something enlightening and and so interesting to do. you want to share the video, please? What it is about, actually. Yes. Susan Simmers is a biologist, I think is a British Columbia University, and um, she wanted to know how trees communicate with each other. And what she discovered was quite interesting because um, in the forest, there are a system of cooperation more than um, competition. It's not, it's not a system of competition, it's more cooperation. So the oldest, the biggest trees which get to be taller above the canopy of the forest, get more light and more nutrients and more CO2. And all that goes to the root. And thanks to the mycelium, the fungi is distributed to the youngest ones, to the smaller ones, because they don't have access to much light or CO2. It's like a mother caring for the babies in the forest. And that's how the forest and the trees communicate with each other. And it's, it's like an intelligent system of giving and receiving. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Thanks for sharing. I think that, that, I, that I find absolutely interesting is that trees are communicating and supporting each other and helping an ecosystem thrive, right? And I just take it now to like the experience that I've had with traveling or just being in Peru or Latin America. 
where on one side you have this deforestation and depredation of forests of the Amazon towards either uh, mining, legal or illegal, and about making roads, losing space for agriculture, and it, it saddened me a little bit. Yes. On what the impact of making an industry over preserving or regenerating these areas. Yeah, and and I understand that the feeling of hopelessness we get into if we think about that that way. But on the other hand, or and <laughs> is is what can we do? What can we do about that? It feels so big, and we are just one of us. So yeah, what actions can we take? that it will make a positive impact against these big, massive uh, forces deforesting the, the planet. So with framing your question, I would start with maybe asking how can be aware of what's going on or what's changing. And I remember you were telling me this story that uh, from this morning. Ah, yes. I was so sad and grieving <laughs> that I, I was looking for what can I do? So Joaquin, one of the colleagues in the Carbon Almanac, posted a, a website where you can check uh, your area. Well, you can check any area in the world. But I, I, I was looking for my area, my place where I, where I was born. The website is... Or .eco. We'll put it in the show note. Yes. And so I checked... Uh, it's, it's, very intuitive. So you pick an area uh, and then it tells you, it's like drawing a pentagon and it tells you the water, the trees. It tells you a lot of data about what that area needs to improve, to, to be regenerated. If there are no trees, do you know that it's one action that it has to be done? And that was really eye-opening for me because knowing you can go from hopelessness to awareness and then to what can I do now for this? And I think we are not alone in that. If you can join with you to your community, to our communities and see what is going on in your community to get things done. What do you think? Correct me if I'm wrong, right? But I understood is that you were able to be aware of what is going on in your area, in the specific area in this case, where you were born. Yes. To have data about either the ecosystem or carbon footprint or any of those. So yeah, that brings you from hopeless hmm. to hopeful. Yes. There is something that we can actually do. Hmm. And what would the next action be? And what you said also is that, that we're not alone and there's at least a few other crazy people like us trying to do something, right? Or maybe yeah. we're doing it. So yeah, yeah I, I really I really love that point of view. You told me yeah. that you had an experience in Peru about that, that you joined a community that we are already. Yeah, um, a couple of years ago, we I met this, this guy who was trying to build a collective to recover a an area that was destined for cars and it was more used as a basically parking lot on the street. And the idea was to regenerate and, re and recover it to make it, first of all, accessible for everyone hmm. and to start building community because it, it was supposed to be a small um, 
plaza or square. So it took a couple of years, like more like a year and a half. And finally, we got a buy-in from the city hall and the, the neighbors to actually make this change happen. Mm-hmm. So instead of having concrete, there were no, no plants and people were uniting over there and people were visiting and, and having um, re- regaining their sense of community. Yeah. Yeah, because when you when you get together to make a project that has to do with regeneration, at the end, it's all connected and a sense of community is also there. No, I would invite our listeners to just take small actions or steps. Mm-hmm. The first one is just get aware, be aware of what's going on. So we, you can just know what's going on in your area. You have these other tools. Uh, one of these is this, this website, uh, Restore. Um, to see what's going on in a specific area that you want to to see, right? And the other one is start seeing who's doing or trying to do something about it. And most likely there will be another crazy person that feels that is also alone within your community. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think in this case of forest, the actions are communal when people join together and, and do something about it. Now I'm hopeful. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> Inma, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. we'll see you another time. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.